Hello and welcome to the coolest kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host, Brock Wilbur, who's somehow getting worse at counting. <laughs> Before the show starts, we do a count to ten together, and I feel like uh, each week we get a little further off just because I start taking pauses in the wrong point or something. Like our, your ability to sync this later is magic, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Oh man, uh, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, we're running, we're running duo, not solo. I was gonna say solo. We're running solo, <laughs> but we are not one person. Like it's not one person imitating two voices. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine if that was the twist at the end of this? Like that'd be that'd you know, be. Oh. You know, Terrence made up Brock, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's start with the fact that. Brock is the name that you give a white character when you want to make fun of white people. Let's start. <laughs> uh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but yes, we're we're running we're running solo this week. And uh, Brock messaged me yesterday saying he wanted to record. I was like, he was like, we should do something uh, fun and easy. And I was just like, <laughs> we should <laughs> we should do uh, Fox Shazam's first album, The Flamingo Trigger. I was like, it's a real weird album. And I like it a whole lot. Uh, and it doesn't sound like uh, anything else that Foxy Shazam has done. Like, their later stuff is very, like, modern Queen-ish. Uh, and this first album is something. <laughs> uh, I've listened to this album since it came out, like, numerous times. Uh, Brock has never heard this album before. Brock, how did you like the album? Uh, I think you recommended this to me after we did the Blood Brothers episode. In fact, I'm pretty sure... Because I, uh-huh. I definitely had this album, like, uh, the search for it saved. And couldn't find this album in particular, but could find all their later stuff. And I was like, what is he on about here? Uh, because, like, this band also, like, two or three years later, plays the goddamn Super Bowl. Which is so yeah. insane to me. Uh, like, they, yeah. they do a song at this, and I don't remember that happening. It's I remember the commercial. You... I remember them showing up in a commercial for the Super Bowl, and I was just like... That makes sense. Like, this song makes sense for, like, the Super Bowl. But, like, knowing Foxy Sazam, like, just, like, at least, like, coming from this album, like, knowing them early, and, like, Terrence? them playing the Super Bowl is super, super weird. Oh, you keep, you keep cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, you were saying it was super weird? What did you hit? What did you well, say before that? Well, I was saying, uh, I was saying how the, um, how, like, knowing them from this album going to the Super Bowl is like super super weird. It's kind of like when uh when like a comedian you've been following for years and they make a really weird comedy like gets a mainstream thing. Yeah. Like how how Will Forte <laughs> had the last man on earth after watching Will Forte for a long time like yeah. doing like Tim and Eric. I mean he was on Saturday Night Live but like watching him do like Tim and Eric and stuff and then see him he has like a he has like a primetime Fox show on and, uh, or, or like John Mulaney or something like that. Where it's just like, huh, I don't understand how uh, they're going to fare in the mainstream audience, but here we are. <laughs> and here's Will Forte. And you know what? We're just going to put him in a fucking giant beard, like a goddamn <laughs> Noah beard, to make him that much more easy for people to access. <laughs> you know, the guy from Tim and Eric who did the mattress store from hell. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say the sketch where he uh, where he pees his pants after yelling about his father and a bunch of kids. Yeah, where he's talking about making blankets. Yeah, uh, let's let's get into Tim and Eric and their daddy issues sometime. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I, so this album, it it I, 
got and, and I, I also I you sent over the MP3s for it because we couldn't find it streaming anywhere. And uh, I the first song that came up that I thought was track one uh, was a shadow of a shoulder parrot. Uh-huh. Uh, which is very clearly an album closer type thing because it's just one like broken piano arpeggiator line throughout the entire thing. Uh, it, and I was just like, oh, when I thought that this was the album opener, I was just waiting for the band to kick in and it wasn't coming and it was just slowly drifting out. And I was like, boy, Terrence picked a, a difficult album for this Sunday morning. Uh, and... Uh, and then I was like, okay, okay, that's the end. And uh, then I started with the actual first track, which is a flawless song for exactly this genre of music that doesn't exist and shouldn't. Uh, it, it is it is everything I love from Oingo Boingo and Mr. Bungle, uh, and and that it's got some of that like very Mike Patton like fun to it. Uh, and then uh, it, it 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 also has uh, the sort of uh, it goes from the Danny Elfman type. Uh, I'm liking to have fun, like that kind of voice stuff, and then yeah. into the weird yelly stuff that that builds on that that I only ever hear in like System of a Down. So like this, right. this was as 2004, 2005 as this album could possibly be, uh, and it's it is right. It it, it stays uh, as opposed to like a Mr. Bungle or Wango Boingo. Uh, it actually doesn't have like the musicianship to go that much further into like the math rock side of things or to do these weird mm-hmm. esoteric stuff. So it's mostly just interesting starts and stops and then lots of like chords. And I was like, okay, this is mm-hmm. it, like there, a lot of these songs are like three chord songs basically, but there's just layered with a, a, a go to hell amount of piano behind it. And then just a <laughs> wall of guitars. And I'm like, this is a big sound. And then just a real wackadoo weirdo uh, doing stuff in front of it. The song, uh, no, don't shoot. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I listened to it like song the album. three times in a row because because <laughs> on top of it the chorus is since you've been gone, uh, which I was just I was looking at the lyrics as I was working through. I was like, hold up, did did since you've been gone borrow from this song? And no, it did not. No, it did not. Uh, but it has it has a similar structural thing, uh, and then it has the weirdest breakdown I've ever heard in a song, where it, it just stops and he goes. I was in the bathroom the one day at school when a bar of soap under the sink caught my eye. Under the sink caught my eye. I picked it up I t- I and the name Lisa it. was carved in it. Nine years later, I watched my only daughter walk beautifully down the aisle and she turns to me and says the six words I'll remember for the rest of my life. e ah biggity biggity boo ah, biggity biggity boo, and he just screams, and then the song explodes. And I was like, I, I, lo- it, it was a moment that I said out loud, "Thank you, Terrence." I was just, I, I thank you for si- since you've been gone, since you've been good, since you've given this album to me. I, I can tell it's just one of these things I'm just going to listen to for forever and still never get it. Uh, and and I appreciate it right. so much because it's so fun. And it's it's been a while since I listened to a new album that does the same things that we appreciate and enjoy uh, doing with. Uh, stuff on here that we used to love where I'm just like, yeah, I know every song and exactly when the, the silence comes in and I'll do a little funny thing with my hands and then I'll shout a weirdo thing. And and that's all these songs are. It's just stops and weirdo, <laughs> weirdo phrases and, and, and somebody doing his best Freddie Mercury, which like I, I did watch the music video for the song they did at the Super Bowl. And it's him in a, in a skin tight ballerina thing with a, with a, a male dancer's dance belt over, 
over the cup area, just sort of prancing around. And I was like, yeah, you know, when you think football, you think prancy man. Like it's just, it's, it's so, but it is the lyrics of the song are like, we're undefeated or we won't be defeated. Like it, it is lyrically a football song that is also just this super gay glam rock theater stuff thing, which is exactly what Queen was. Like, what if we wrote a bunch of songs that were played at football games? And and as long as no one thinks about Freddie Mercury, like it's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was saying. When they're like a modern modern queen, which I feel like uh, My Chemical Romance tried to get into, but I don't think ever really got to. Um, like when I realized that uh, the Black Parade was just like, oh, he just really wanted to do Queen. Yeah, like it made a whole lot of sense. I still don't like it, but <laughs> it makes sense. Um, but Fox Shazam, like I, I've this is like when I first found this band. This is like. Uh, the uh the heyday of myspace and um i like i I don't know i don't know if i found them on myspace or like pure volume or something first but like i listened to it was like three songs it was the first track the the what is it called the french passion of animal it's a long that's a long uh uh album like track title the french passion of animality opera which is a song about a man becoming a werewolf and then it had two other songs I sent you that they redid for their second album, Introducing, which was uh, A Black Man's Breakfast and Its Hair Smelled Like Bonfire. And I remember listening to those songs like all the time. I was like, I don't know what this is. It's real weird, but I love it. And then like I heard uh, the rest of the album. Like My brother eventually bought it, um, but like it's such a small... like I don't even think that was on a label. <laughs> um, also, thank you for bringing weird... up Pure Volume with the, the, the other MySpace. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, Pure Volume was just MySpace, but music, basically. Um, which which like a, it makes a lot it of so bands. much weirder that this is where, like, this is this is the experience I had with other bands, too, where you'd find them yeah. on MySpace, and, and for people that weren't old enough to know that, you could have, like, four songs on a, on a page at any given time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you, the, the way that you sampled some of these bands, like, they're... There's no context for what you're listening to here, and at least right. within the context of listening to this stuff today on an album, like I can understand what's going on. But hearing just three songs of theirs would be just maddening to be like, D- did they write any other songs? Do they know how to play instruments? I don't know. <laughs> or is this supposed to be a band? Is this somebody's weird side project? Is it? Yeah. Will they ever tour? Should they ever tour? Right. Um, and it was. It, MySpace is such a weird thing because like the the popular bands on MySpace wasn't necessarily the popular stuff that was like happening. Like this was like when MTV was still a thing. Like like it, this is when MTV was still talked about in terms of music mm-hmm. and not in terms of reality shows. So it, which is I don't know. This is high school for me. Um, it's a, it was a really weird time. And so like you would like oh what is what are the popular bands. Like who who is everyone following around this time, and uh, <laughs> it like it was always like scene. It was it was the scene. It was what you would think of when you think of scene kids. It's like guys with weird haircuts, uh, with swoops over. They were playing uh, acoustic guitar, or they had hardcore bands that weren't good. Um, and then, like, eventually you find stuff like Foxy Sazam's The Flamingo Trigger, which is an uh, album <laughs> that you can listen to. 
like I don't know how to recommend this album to people <laughs> that uh-huh. don't have like an appreciation for I guess stuff like the Blood Brothers, where it's just like this loud explosion. Because like I could definitely recommend like introducing and and uh, Foxy's Zam like uh like the later stuff, but like this album. Oh, also, is, it's uh, a pretty great joke that their second album is called Introducing. That's that that is the <laughs> level of, of 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 quirk that this band has, and I like it. Uh, yeah, it's it's something. Uh, the third track, uh, No Don't Shoot, is an uh, song like I like that's my favorite song on the album. You were just talking about it, but um. No, don't shoot is is a song that happens <laughs> like like you said the the breakdown at the end of the song has no correlation with the rest of the song, and it's it comes out of nowhere and literally like the song literally stops and just plays soft piano for like a couple seconds, and then the uh, the lead singer um can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he just comes in and he has like Eric this weird Nally. poem. <laughs> yes, Eric Nally. He uh, he has this weird poem. In the middle of the song, and then the song like it it hits you like a truck because it comes out of nowhere. Um, and and, and uh, also these are these are song like, like even the, even the titles like uh, seagulls over the bay and like uh, 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 sailors over the bay and uh, my wife's juice and stuff like these are all very like these are the exact same lyrical couplets and 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 subject material that like the blood brothers use on the crimes album of the same year. Uh, like these, right. these feel like such sister albums. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the third track where, uh, <laughs> uh, very, very uh, apropos of, uh, recent Twitter weirdness of people talking about eating ass. Uh, <laughs> he talked, <laughs> the chorus is literally, uh, <laughs> Well, the song starts off about, uh, he talks about a girl who waited too long to confess her feelings, but then the chorus gets into how much he wants to eat that ass. And that's what the song uh, is about, I suppose. I've got to kiss her hard jukebox to Sully's my mistakes. (laughs) October surf suitcase fish, she's dying to know who's your daddy and where were you born? (laughs) Uh, yeah. I, I, um, I just listened to this album, and in looking at the lyrics, I still feel like somebody's fucking with me. <laughs> like, that right. these are not the words. Right. Like, it, uh, it, it almost has that, um, that At The Drive-In quality to the lyrics, but I feel like a lot of At The Drive-In songs don't have any through line in their own songs. Right. But Foxy Sazam songs have a through line through the whole song. But the song still it still doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> like when you get to the fourth uh, the fourth track, uh, uh, "Romo of You," it starts off like him, like it's like this jaunty piano, and he's he just starts to say, "It's hard to be the only one. It's hard to be without some fun. It's hard to be the only one." And then <laughs> it gets to like the chorus where he says. <laughs> How about I piss in your butthole? How about I admire your eyes? And it's just like this. This is how about I'm your guy? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like what is this Captain Beefheart? Uh, 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 Zappa sort of like nonsense. Like it's just it. 
it comes out of this song, this whole album comes out of nowhere. Like everything. I, th- I thought you were about to say Captain Beefheart as as if it was <laughs> somehow another well known turn of phrase for eating ass. <laughs> they, they, I, for for a second, I panicked. I was like, "Oh no, have we done that to that man's name?" <laughs> Which, sure, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm trying to find like, there's a song. Uh, what song is it? It's uh, one. It's one of the there. There's like two songs in here that are basically instrumental breakdowns. Um, but it's uh it's not like they're not listed on the lyrics page but uh i believe it's seagulls over rhino rhinosaurus bay not rhinoceros bay uh keep that in mind that's <laughs> rhinosaurus bay um <laughs> he just starts screaming heavy metal sucks and rock and roll is dead and uh there's just like piano going crazy in the background and uh, that's the whole song and then like the second part uh there's it's two songs both uh, seagulls over Rhinosaurus Bay, part one and two. And part two is just this, like, this piano from a distance and him just yelling incoherently in the background. Just, ah! Ah! Over and over again. And once again, Brock is probably the only person who, like, when I recommended this album to you, I was just like, either he's going to really like this album or he's going to be like, what in the world? Why can't it be both? <laughs> because it was. <laughs> it, it was it was this really nice moment of like, my my head almost spun around in the first song. And I was like, what what does this have to do with even anything that we're doing? And then there was a pause. I was like, Terrence gets me. This, is, <laughs> this, was, this was exactly like, right. <laughs> like it has, it definitely has like these, these uh, hardcore elements to it. Uh but then it's like wrapped in this nightmare show tunes. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> like it's it's like the kind of thing that you would expect to hear from people dressed up like they're going to a Rocky Horror picture show it, uh there, showing. There needs to be like a I'm sure there probably is and I just don't know it. Like a, a term for this genre of music that uh that it is this uh, uh nightmare musical sort of uh, the the place in the place in hardcore where everyone that was in their high school musical winds up like just like dudes that would rather right. instead of like being like Metallica voice want to be like ooh and then I went to the party like weird like <laughs> like it's almost monster mash kind of shit but like you're like right. this is more sexual and fun and interesting than just shouting at somebody but the hardcore right. music soundscape beneath it is is so clearly just built in that world. Uh, and the and the breakdowns are there too, and then you know every once in a while the piano does a, a selection from Cats, and you're like, sure, why not? Why can't that be here too? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's almost uh, perfect for I mean, people like you or me who like did. I mean, I never did drama or anything, but it was like I, I was in chorus and stuff like that um, in school, and you you played in bands and stuff. Uh, so it's like it's this perfect like go between between like weird artsy hipster bullshit and right. uh and <laughs> oh that's the like, phrase i was looking for hipster bullshit <laughs> <That one>. <laughs> <laughs> and and this and this hardcore scene which i don't like i couldn't imagine this album being played uh, like 
this band touring with anyone like that was around at the time like <clears throat> 2004 was was the first time I started going to concerts I've talked about it before but like I went to see uh Emory and From Autumn to Ashes and like I couldn't imagine Foxy Sazam dropped into that lineup and having it make sense to anyone else who was at that show <laughs> but possibly me and uh, that, that's how that whole this whole album like trying to explain it it's just like uh, and, and you're right and there's something about those sort of bands that I think it, for those of us that like caught them or like found these these albums at the right time uh, it's it's endearing because it is the most punk thing imaginable to be like at a punk show punk kids would have hated this or or punched each other to it or just uh, they're like a supercomputer logic circuits would have crossed over and they would have just shut down like it's the most right fuck you music within a genre of fuck you music uh and right and it's, it's technically proficient and i think that the songs are just flat out great i think that this right. album from start to finish minus a couple that i think in the future they might get a skip over from me until i get settled in i did listen to this first thing on a sunday morning with a hangover like the, you, you know that's not when somebody's <laughs> going to find burn piano island burn and really connect with it uh so yeah there's a there's so much here and it's so good but also like who is it for and if it's for you then it is for you <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't a this isn't a casual album that you just like. Oh, I this is this is what I put on when uh when I'm cleaning the house. Like this is like this is like driving down the highway at seventy miles an hour, and like it's like eleven o'clock at night and you just came from a party. Uh, this is not this is not a discover this is not a discoverable album where it's gonna play on your Spotify uh, playlist like you put on a you put on a post hardcore playlist is not gonna play between Silverstein and fucking whoever cares I don't care <laughs> yeah I, it, to to tie it back into what I was as yeah, what we were saying about some of the musical aspect of it. Uh, there's a show called Title of Show and the title of show is mm-hmm. in brackets. And it's a musical that was written by uh, two guys and two girls uh, about uh, about writing a musical, which is the musical that they are writing and submitting it for a festival and the musical taking off. Uh, and it's performed by the people who wrote it and made it. Uh, and they it's it's a, it's just a whole meta musical about these things, including like they save like uh, like uh, answering machine recordings of like people calling them to give them notes and stuff at various points. And like, they found like people talking shit on them in message boards. Cause it was like the mid two thousands around this time. But there is a song in there uh, called nine people's favorite thing, which the, the thesis of, of, of what the, the, the main music writer in the group uh, has always thought is I would rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. And that's what he endeavors mm. to do with the making of, of this show. And it is, my favorite show. And I, I think that it's that same sort of thing that for like for nine people, it's just going to be their favorite thing. And that feels like what this band is probably for it's for its fandom or especially like, I mean, this is tricky because they have this album and nothing else they do sounds nearly like this, but I can understand finding them at this point and being like, I'm just with that band wherever they go from here. Cause if you like this, you also have to sign up for whatever else they do, whether that goes more mainstream right. or far less mainstream. If, if you were just like, yeah, their latest album is just him alone in a bedroom uh, farting, 
into a bunch of like distortion pedals, I'd be like, well, I did sign up for that album. So I guess I'm in for everything. Like I, I want to hear what this, how this guy's brain works and I want to be there for it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. The, uh, the, over, uh, the seagulls over Rhinosaurus Bay part two is basically him in a room farting over a piano for like, it's when I say it's literally a man sitting in a room screaming while a piano plays in the background. Like that's exactly what it is. It's the most nonsense thing. And it's haunting and, and disturbing and really cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, it's not like the piano is like discordant or anything. It's almost like this beautiful piece, but like, like when the piano starts like getting it louder, like you just, he's just, ah! Ah! like, it's like that. It's like a Tom Green scene or something like that. The, the, the piano fucking fades out at one point. Like somebody just turned the volume down on it and then just comes right back in. I, I, I actively laughed. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure what's happening there is that it's got uh, an arpeggiator doing the the sort of left hand stuff, and so when he's doing stuff with his right hand, it's fucking up that arpeggiator, which is why this the keys sound just a little <laughs> off at that point. So it, it, if you can imagine, I think that the way it's programmed was he's probably just pressing like one key on the keyboard to make that big sound that is sort of mm-hmm. the the carry through line, and whenever he touches another key. The the synthesizer just doesn't really know what to do, and he just sort of I, I imagine him with one finger and one hand on he on both hands, just sort of every once in a while just pressing the other button just to see what will happen, and that's what this entire song is, and it still sounds like you said like a beautiful beautiful song. There's just something yeah, off. and I think it's a, a, it's a very cleverly done technical thing. I think because if he's actually doing just that giant chord the entire time here, he he needn't do that. Uh, he he had the technology to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's almost like if the joker from batman made an album <laughs> um because like <clears throat> like like i said the lyrics have there's like a through line to it but most of this album is just like chaos like yeah. it uh like you get to songs like uh you get to songs like uh my wife's juice and water tower wine which it's like this weird jazz sort of like smoky uh like you could imagine like a a man like playing it playing it uh like a ba- like it's like very bass heavy and there's still the piano and like guitar and everything but you could imagine it like the first half of the song being uh played in a jazz bar but then you get to the second half of the song and once again he loses his entire mind and like the song just like ends with him uh, singing, I'm a dinosaur with a monkey mind, dreaming of water, uh, tower of wine, and my wife's juice is getting cold, glass like ice of silver and gold. And it's like, there's like this, like the, the piano becomes like this organ, and like there's like sliding up and down the keys, and it just keeps going, and then the song fades out. And I believe that's the last song on the album before... Uh, before now across the golden fields the next song but um it it's uh <sighs> like it it's invigorating in a way <laughs> to hear this album because it it's so it's so out there brock i i just like it so no. much <laughs> <laughs> uh 
and then I sent you two other songs um, that, like I said, they were recorded for uh, introducing. But I much prefer these versions because they were just on their MySpace, and like I literally can't find them anywhere else besides there. Right. And uh, and uh, like uh, Black Man's Breakfast is probably my favorite love song of all time. <laughs> uh, just the way it's done. Like it, like if I were to make a love song, that's how I feel like I would have made it. Um, because the song is about a man uh, who I, I'm guessing his his love is across the sea. And, uh, and he talks about how they're going to be together one day. Um, and like he, and the song starts off, I think it was a Sunday morning and he talks about, uh, uh, like there's, there's no reason to be sad. There's no reason to complain, like how beautiful the day is. And, uh, and they talks about, uh, like being together with someone you love it's i can't i can't wait to be introduced to the only one that matters which is a great line and uh like like it's this very lovely song and then once again the last part of the, like the last minute of the song like uh like it it becomes like this this like motown like james brown uh a wildness of him uh talks about uh the last line is I will wait I will always wait for you and I'll divide the ocean in two so you can have a path to me. <clears throat> and um it goes it goes crazy like uh like the the piano is just going wild and like it's it's like a gospel song in the end <laughs> and uh like <laughs> he starts getting incoherent and rambling and uh but not words it's literally just him making noises which is this whole which it's this whole album uh and then you have uh it's hair smell like bonfire which i couldn't tell you what that song's about uh <laughs> I, I love that this is your favorite love song it makes so much sense it's like it. I don't know. I feel like it's perfect. Like uh, it's, it's great. It's like, a great fifties doo-wop ballad that just explodes into religious <laughs> fervor. Like it's so incredible. Right. Like, like I feel like that. That's how. That's how love should be. Like just this, just this over, over, over. Like it's a lot. It's a whole lot in the song. And, uh, and, uh, the, like I said, uh, it's hair smell like bonfire, which I believe is about a girl he saw at a, at a, sh- a party at a bonfire or something. And, uh, then the song ends, the song ends with him saying, I know what you're thinking, Barbara, but you gotta believe me. The only people out here at this time of night are the cops. And that's the end of the song. Like he says that <laughs> spoken word, exactly how I said it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving me this this is just the nicest <laughs> present i could have. we we'd staggered our recording here in such a way that we accidentally built up like too many episodes so we took like two weeks off here and now it was just yeah like, i'm just talking to terrence what do we want to talk about this <clears throat> this is all i wanted to talk about i just wanted to hear the most wackadoo thing you had up your sleeve uh and and this was <clears throat> this was everything and and rhin- yeah. rhinosaurus uh is <laughs> What a specific thing that I missed and will never unforget. <laughs> uh, it is not Rhinosaurus. Rhino- Rhino- see, I can't even say Rhinosaurus yeah. was right. It's Rhinosaurus. 
Um, Which should be a band name. Like, that's it's such a good collection of sounds in the mouth. It has good mouthfeel, like a fine wine. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I know you would probably say, yes, we would both recommend this album to somebody, but how would you recommend this album to somebody? Oh, I, I, I would not. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't recommend this to another person to listen to. You, you have to recommend this to yourself, or you have to find this in a haunted book somewhere. Like, this is, this is an album that happens to you. This is something that somebody do, does to you, or that you have to do to yourself in a dark place. Like, this is, I, yeah, I don't know. How do you recommend the the Flamingo Trigger? Uh, Set, I guess and I that, guess recommend that, that somebody just set aside some time and have no feelings uh, on their plate, or uh, <laughs> or if you want to be so confused that you can't feel anymore. I think that's actually why it cheered me up this morning. Like it's just been a fuck of a week, and then I was like, "Here's just what if what if just your insides were scrambled eggs?" Now that's just that's all this did. I was like, I keep, "There's not a discernible feeling here, and it sounds kind of fun, and I feel kind of rejuvenated. Like it's good." <laughs> how how would you recommend it to somebody? Um, if I was going the traditional route, just like, hey, if you like this band, check out this band. I would say if you like, if you like, uh, if you want to hear what Queen would sound like if they were the Blood Brothers, uh, that's really good. <laughs> listen, listen to this band, um, <clears throat> because you're not really gonna find anybody else out there. That's going to make this album. If you wanted like a uh, Bob Fosse musical and took the record and put it on reverse and just listened to a whole side <laughs> and you found that like calming in the way that like a really good Yankee candle is. If you're if your brain's wired like mine in that way, then yeah, get this. Find it somewhere. <laughs> if you want to know what it'd be like if... Uh, if Freddie Mercury went to hell then came back to tell you about it. <laughs> but... But he, but something came back with him. Let's be specific. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and put the tagline on this on this movie. If if he if he came back from hell, there was something with him, and he wanted to make Phantom of the Opera. Listen to the Flamingo Trigger. Um, Welcome to Mercury Rising. That's our that's our movie about Freddie Mercury returning from hell. <laughs> Uh, so Brooke, what, uh, what, where can we find you on the internet, online, internet, on <laughs> Also, internet I feel like online. we need to specify that Freddie Mercury did not go to hell for being gay. I feel like no. that, that no. Freddie Mercury went to no, hell I'm t- because no, he's Freddie really Mercury, cool. Freddie Mercury went, yeah, I was going to say, Freddie Mercury went to hell because he wanted to go there. Because yeah. <laughs> no he, one could he came stop back. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, I'm just, it was like one touring night where he was just like, I don't feel like going to a party. I'm gonna see what hell's about, and then he he went to hell and he came back. I I I feel like everyone could get on board for this movie, including Christians that wanted Freddie Mercury to be in hell. Like, yeah, you know what? He he did go there, and now he's back to tell people about it. You know, uh, this is this is a movie for everyone and no one, just like this band. Oh my god! Uh, people can find me online at Brock Wilbur. Please don't talk to us about this movie pitch. God. <laughs> 
and you also have uh, Missouri Loves Company, which is a podcast that you do with your lovely wife, Vivian Kane. Yes. Who whose name I love. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, it's it's, it's name. great that whenever she gets uh, called out by the angry men on Reddit, one of the first comments is always like, and that's not even a real name. Can't you tell? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I it, it definitely is not. It's de- like, as you pointed out, it's definitely the name of like a, a Laura Bow, like 50s, 40s actress. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you do, you do a, uh, show about moving from LA to Missouri and I edit that show. Um, keep Terrence employed. Keep Terrence 2018. Uh, give me your money. <laughs> um, you, 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 you um, have no problem asking for money in any situation and, and with such no. confidence and like uh, my, my social anxiety will never let me start a Patreon for it, anything, but like you're, you, you're, you're like buy my cookies. Just let's throw that out there. My cookies yeah, should be purchased. Just like, buy, like here, give me money. Like, <laughs> you know you want. Like, I don't know. I just I feel like... I like that you ask about it like you're kind of nodding off in the process. Like, that's how casual it is. Like, <laughs> eh, just give me money. Just, just give me your money. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I saw somebody... Uh... <laughs> This is gonna so I saw so many like like growing up on the internet like on MySpace and stuff like that or just like seeing people on Twitter like who have like two hundred followers and they uh they're they have one tweet blow up because they tweeted at a celebrity or something and then they're just like they're like uh here give me money on like uh on whatever the hell they're like uh, they'll like link their paypal or whatever and i'm just like you didn't even do anything you just made nothing like you made one good joke and then it blew up and then you're just like here's my snapchat uh you can follow me on snapchat i'm just like i don't know i'm not gonna do that and but i make stuff i make stuff and i think people should pay me for it so and and if they don't pay you for it they don't get the stuff it's a it's it's sort of how the society was based but that's that's what capitalism's all about it's not it's not just capitalism if somebody makes something you like give them money like as as you said the word capitalism the free chat program we use to record this uh cut <laughs> out on you so <laughs> uh give give people money uh, give terrence uh, your money you, and you can you find like. terrence on the onlines at the black nerd on all platforms on all platforms um except for instagram which is godspeed you black nerd um, uh, that's it for this show uh, thanks so much for listening to it uh, remember to rate and review it on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at CoolestKidsPod and uh, that's about it and we are the Coolest Kids and we take what we can get bye Don't shoot! Don't shoot!